Cal's former Oregon defensive back Bronson Yim. Bronson was part of two Rose Bowl winning teams at Oregon and a Fiesta. Bronson, I want to start with that. What pillars were established in the football program that paved the way for a continued elite level of play? I think one of the uh, the big things is the culture, the culture that was built, and just uh, the fact that everyone from top to bottom, whether you're a scholarship guy or a walk-on guy, you know, everyone bought into what the coaches were preaching and, and we, we all lived that way of life. Um, win the day was something that carried on, on and off the field for myself. And I'm sure a lot of other guys, but the biggest thing was being a culture keeper and, and, and buying in it and trust, um, trust from head to toe uh, that the coaches and the facilities and staff and everyone there had the best interest for you. So I think those are two big things and definitely like culture, um, culture was a huge thing and also just want to say thank you guys for having me first of all sorry about that yeah of course no yeah great great to have you on and I think that is interesting what you bring up because not long after you left all that that had been built sort of in a sense I don't want to use use the word crash but things definitely dipped in level uh so do you attribute that to how hard it was to sustain that level of success or were there other things that you think at some point phase out in the mind of you know 18 19 20 year old players. I think uh I think I think success is definitely hard to attain and even harder to keep as you were saying um and it it takes everyone in the room to to buy in you know you're only as strong as your weakest link and um it sucked that that some of that stuff isn't still going on the way it, it was when we were there but I mean it's evolution you know things things come back around it's up and down it's 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 a ride um but i definitely think that that it takes everyone to buy in and there was probably some disconnect i have no idea what what happened um but i do know that uh it's evolution and we'll be we'll be back i mean it, it is what it is Cool. So kind of going along with that theme, what would you say were, you know, of all those things you mentioned, what has helped you in your professional career, things that you picked up while you were on the team, culture things, uh, teamwork things, what has helped you professionally? Uh, First off, communication. Um, To be successful on the field, you need to communicate and you need to be able to take uh, effective communication and constructive criticism and, and you have to have a, a thick skin and an and accepting skin at the same time too while you're uh while you're being corrected so communication would be the first thing because in the working world now you need to be an effective communicator for your team or the people you work with to understand where you're going and what they're doing um and the second thing is the, the little things um touching the line where you're at practice um showing up early, wearing white socks instead of black socks. Um, All those little things carry over into the real world as far as uniform, uh, being early, on time is late, things like that. Like it just, it transferring sports to the real world. um, Football is one of the few sports that does it completely. And um, it, it helped me tremendously to get where I am right now. I love that you bring up communication. Uh, it worked so well for you guys while you were at Oregon with Coach Kelly, but does it shock you that when he got to the pro levels, 
the communication and thick skin from players wasn't exactly um, operating as a high level as he did at Oregon? I think it's, it's a different situation when you compare professional and college just because, you know, these guys are getting paid millions of dollars um, to do what they're good at. And um, you just got to find the, the right group of guys that buy into what you're doing. A great example is Tony Dungy. I've read his his daily book for years and, you know, he brings back a lot of things where like you can have the most talented guys, but you have to have guys that buy in and trust what you're doing. And um, unfortunately for Coach Kelly, it didn't go the way he wanted it to go. And we all wanted it to go for him. Um but I do know uh, he's a resilient guy, and and he'll he'll be back soon. So now that Coach Kelly is at UCLA, obviously he didn't have that immediate success that he did with Oregon. Do you have any idea or you know thoughts on what might have caused that or contributed to that? And now that he's you know on the other side of the ball, um, what are your thoughts on you know him as a coach for UCLA rather than Oregon? Oh, uh, I wish Coach Kelly nothing but the success most success possible because he was one of the men that helped give me an opportunity to play at the next level after high school. So I wish him nothing but success. And I think, I think he'll be great. Um, I think they have the facilities, um, recruiting tools and sunshine to, to get guys to go down there and play in his system. Uh, And he, he came into a program that wasn't that strong. You know, they had some, some pieces that, that needed to be filled and, they're, they're, I don't know what they finished, but I'm pretty sure that they missed the bowl game, but they could have made a bowl game simply off of little things. And he's building a culture over there, and I know he, he got some guys down there that we all played with um, that understand what it takes to win. And um, I wish them nothing but success, all those guys down there. I do want to segue into the Pac-12 as a whole. Uh, you know, he's back in the Pac-12, and he probably is the most – prolific coaching name, but Herm Edwards is at Arizona State. Cristobal at Oregon has started to put himself on the map. Chris Peterson at Washington. But despite all that, the Pac-12, from a level perspective, from a national perspective, has kind of dipped in, I guess, stock, you would Mm -hmm. say. Um, What do you see as the reason for that? And then after that, what do you think the Pac-12 can do to get itself back on the top? Because I really don't think the quality of coaches is any – lower than it or worse than it was back in 2011. Yeah. um, I think the Pac-12 is promising. I mean, I know the the play has been up and down in the past few years and and we haven't had one school that's been consistently dominant. Like you had your USC's, you had your, your Oregon's um, in recent years that that you just remember that will come in and just dominate. Um, I do think with, better recruits and these high level coaches, I think it gives the Pac-12 an opportunity to win. But at the same time, um, it's hard when you have a lot of good coaches because they beat one another often, you know, if does that make sense? You cannibalize one another. Whereas you go to Ohio state and Alabama and you literally run through everyone because they're so they're playing at a different level than everyone else in their conference. One thing about the Pac-12 is everybody's good. You, you can lose to anyone. Coach Wilcox is a great coach at Cal. Um, Herm Edwards, as you were saying, Sumlin is in our division now. Cristobal, uh, Coach Helton down in USC. There's a lot of good coaches, and and teams just got to gotta bring it every week, and they can't take a week off. 
sort of going along with the Pac-12 theme, but also talking more about Oregon, what made Oregon, you know, the school that you wanted to go to, what really stood out and made you say, you know, I'm a uh, My brother actually went there. My oldest brother, uh, my second oldest brother, actually went to the University of Oregon. So that kind of, you know, put Oregon on the map where I got to go and see him graduate, and which was a cool experience. My oldest brother went to Washington. So those were two schools that, you know, I liked growing up, but I was a diehard USC fan at one point in my life, um, all the way up until probably about my sophomore year of high school, where I was like, you know, I, I, I wrote down, I want to go to the University of Oregon. Um, I was grateful enough to, you know, meet Coach Helfridge and Coach Greatwood. Um met them, you know, expressed my interest in coming to play play there. And, you know, God's plan, it all worked out. And the University of Oregon is a, a very special place. Is it weird to come back now, not so long removed from leaving, and none of those people who were involved in your recruitment or were in the program when you were there, you know, they're all gone? Is it weird Oh, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a little different because, you know, not, not so many familiar faces. But at the same time, I, I do see Kenny Farr, you know, who's who's been a guy that, that, that took me under his wing from the first day I got on campus from taking my sizes down. Now I talk to him, you know, once a week or every two weeks because he's just a, a dear friend of mine. Or, you know, there's a guy named Matt Neuer who's the DFO at Oregon who's worked his way from the bottom to the top. So as many new faces as there are, there's still some familiar faces even in the equipment equipment room and the training room. Uh, all our trainers are there, so it, it's it's awesome to go down and meet new people, but at the same time, you know, see the people that have helped along the way. Cool. So, you know, you've been gone a couple of years now. What would you say is the thing you miss the most about game day at Autzen Stadium? You know, nice fall day. What's what stood out to you? What do you miss? The I miss most? my teammates. Um, you know, just being in the locker room and joking and all of that stuff made Oregon special. Um, running out that tunnel was a very special moment, especially when your parents are in the stadium. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to play in a few games and, and, and let my dad witness that. And that for me was gratif gratification. Um, it was amazing feeling. I don't even know if gratification is a word, but it was just an amazing feeling for me to see my dad, uh, in the stands and for me to go out there and play. You had to get in on the field at the end of the Pac-12 championship against Arizona. Uh, so when everyone's running onto the field at the end and Gatorade bats for coach and what's it like kind of being just in the middle of all that and actually being on the field when everyone's kind of running towards you or at least your teammates and the media and everybody. It's special, man. Um, just the sport of football is very, very sacred. Um, and having the gift to play it is amazing. Um, and just, you know, people don't realize it's a lot of hard work in the off seasons. Um, there really is no day off for a football player, especially when you want to play at a high level. I mean, being a walk on, you play from behind, you know, you, you go into the program and hoping that you play, praying you play one play. Um, but being able to play in a Pac-12 game, non-conference a Pac-12 championship, a Rose Bowl, um, being in those stadiums um, and just being on the field, it's a sacred moment uh, that I'll never forget. Sweet. So as, you know, one of the few people that 
gets to play collegiate athletics, gets to, you know, even get on the field, there's such a low percentage of high school athletes. If you had one or two pieces of advice for anyone who's in high school who ends up playing in college, what would that be? One is to never let anyone tell you what you can't do. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that, that why is Bronson going to Oregon? You know, he's never going to play there or this or that. But, I mean, you, you prove everyone wrong. You keep your head down and you keep working. Um, in, in the words of the late Nipsey Hussle, I mean, the marathon, you know. Um, life's a marathon and, and sports is a marathon, our marathon. Um, and the second thing I would say is cherish every moment. Um, you know, once you take that pads and helmet off, you, you never get to play again. Uh, January 12th, 2015, I want to say it was the last time I wore pads. Um, and I still think about taking my helmet off and, and crying because I know that I'll never play again. Obviously, we lost, but just the fact that I'll never be able to suit up with my brothers again. So cherish every moment and, and you know, outwork everyone. Right, I, right. I don't, I don't want to talk about the negative experience from that playoff, but you did get to play in the first college mm-hmm. football playoff, and I think every year you hear, you know, this bitter fan base and that bitter fan base saying, "Oh, we need to expand, we need to expand," but then you have a year like this year where there was that conversation, and then the semifinal games were not very competitive, um, and even the championship there was a clear cut winner there. So, what do you, having played in the first one in a year where there was some drama with Ohio State? What's your take on people's calling calling for the expansion? I think uh, I think an expansion would be very interesting. Um, I think it would be fun, uh, you know, because a team like Georgia this year could have went in and competed easily with those teams. Um, but I definitely think an expansion is a part of something in the future, and I think I think it'll be great. You know, you. It, you get to see the best teams and you want to see the best teams compete at a high level. Um, and I think the, uh, an expansion would allow that. Cool. So following you on Twitter, I've seen you defending your good friend, Marcus Mariota from the media and that kind of stuff. And how would you say it's evolved from, you know, pre-draft to when he was drafted to his rookie to now that he's, you know, a more established player in the league. Um, what do you think, how do you think the media sees him and, and how do you think that they should see him? What, how do you um, see him? I think, I think the media will always portray a, a picture that they want to paint uh, for every athlete, not just speaking for him. Um, and I don't defend him. I, I think I just kind of speak the truth facts that, that are totally unbiased by the way. Um, but I do, um, I feel like he's evolved as a player massively. Um, he's extremely smart and hardworking. He's very quiet, um, all of the above, but he's never changed as a person. He's just still the same person I met when I first met him years ago. He's still the same guy that, that just is humble and works hard and is an amazing athlete. Um, but the media will always paint a picture that they want them to portray. And, you know, as an athlete, you have to block out those noises and, and just handle what, what needs to be handled. I think you, you know, raise a great point there that it, uh, you're not defending him. You're speaking facts, and I wholeheartedly <laughs> agree with you. Uh, but I do want to talk about Twitter real fast because we were talking earlier about high school kids recruiting and all that. 
social media more and more it can really ruin a high schooler's pr- perspective college career and I know when you were at Oregon they were super super mm-hmm. tight with you guys on uh, what couldn't and could go on social media so I was just curious if you have any experiences um with how they inf- how they were enforced that at Oregon and just how big of a deal it really is to coaches in the school. I think I think the world's evolved. First of all, as far as social media, you know, when we were there, Twitter was kind of popular, so on and so forth. But uh, Chip always and Coach Helpers would always say, "Is that something that you want your your would your grandma look at that picture?" Which was kind of like an example. I don't know if they said it, but someone in our athletic department said it, and that kind of always stuck with me. Of just you know. Just what would, would your grandma appreciate that picture, or or that tweet? Um, and for me, I've always just been careful of what I posted because I know that's a representation of me. Um, so that that's a, one thing. And then as far as the landscape now, I mean, social media is crazy, right? You know, you see these kids with a hundred thousand followers mm-hmm. and they're sixteen years old with a the, with an image already. You know, they're they're a personal brand. So. Um, I think the big thing is for them to never forget who they are um, and not get caught up in, in all, all the things going on in this world. Cool. So speaking of recruiting, one last question here. Uh, Oregon had a, a really great recruiting class this year. What do you expect to see from the, them this fall? And, you know, what are you excited about with the direction of the program? I think it'll be a great fall. Um, all the guys are buying in, you know. Um, I know a lot of guys want to win. I'm excited to see Matt Mariota's last season. Um, my little, my little bro. Um, excited to see him and happy for him. Excited for the Ducks. I think, I think we have a chance to win the Pac-12. You know, we have the best quarterback in the country, and um, I, I think we're ready to roll. You know, um, and just you know, take it one week at a time. Um, that's one thing that we always kind of learn one week at a time and, and just handle handle your business. So, well, Bronson, thank you so much for coming on today and uh, good luck with everything in the future and we'll definitely look forward to staying. Appreciate it. Thank you guys.